0: Well, hello, New Beginnings. Hello. Are you excited to be here tonight? Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen? It's cold outside, yes, it and this is the best place to be, not only inside, but together with the body of Christ. You know, I want to encourage you, before I start sharing that, if you are carrying anything, you know, we're going to pray in just a minute, but this is the best place to be because we're part of the body. We're part of the body. And so as part of the body, there's, there's something that gets imparted to one another. And it says, as we, as, we, um, as we make a supply available one to another, as maybe you shook someone's hand on the way in, or as you smile, or as you pray with someone, or as you shared with someone, the body gets edified in love when we do that. And so just know sitting here among the body of Christ You will get edified, and as the word goes forth, I know you're going to continue to get edified. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, I thank you for the hearts and the lives that are here. I thank you for the work that you're going to do in each of the hearts of those that are here tonight, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you minister very personally to each person. And we invite the Holy Spirit in now. I thank you that each person in their heart, as I'm praying, would just invite the Holy Spirit in. And say, Holy Spirit, come in and teach, come in and comfort, come in and reveal, come in and do what you need to do because you're our helper. And so I trust you that as I speak, that you, Holy Spirit, would speak through me because you are the great teacher. I'm just a vessel for the spirit of God and the life of God and the anointing of God and the words of God to flow through. But Holy Spirit, thank you that each person sitting here, you make it personal and you minister the word of God, that your power is on the word, And revelation and light are on the word, and you just reveal that to the hearts of the men and women that are in here. Father, thank you for being here with the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Well, tonight I am gonna be talking about relationships, okay? And I know most of you, are. some of you may be sitting here and being like, well, I am happy with just my dog. You know, you have your animals, and you're like, I really don't need relationships, but none of us can get away from relationships, Right? We work with people like you are not gonna be able to get away from relationships. And so it's really important to be able to hear a little bit about the wisdom from the word of God on relationships. You do have a handout. I just wanna reference this before I start. It is a handout that looks like this. I will reference this picture. However, the questions on the back are really for you to just kind of sit in your quiet time with the Lord and go through. I'm not going to go through those questions on the back. I am going to reference the picture on the front. So tonight, um, my goal really, um, or I believe the goal that God really put in my heart is that you would, that tonight there would be um, deposited in your heart the value that God has on relationships, so that you would walk away with not, that you would leave here valuing relationships more than when you came in here. And you would see such a purpose for your relationships, as well as some of you that may be sitting here, may be sitting here and you've expended love in a relationship. You've put energy or time into a relationship and you're hurting and you're wounded. And so tonight, I believe that God is 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 going to heal some areas or at least that what I just sense in my spirit that there would be some healing that will take place in some of your hearts. So you know how many of you probably could do with never hearing the word essential again, right? Like we heard the word essential all of 2020. We heard um excuse me, that healthcare workers were essential. Grocery store clerks were essential. ShopRite was essential. We had lists that told us these places were essential and these places were non-essential all through 2020. So many of us can probably go without hearing that word essential, but tonight I am gonna make reference to the word essential a few times. So if you're done with hearing it, you're gonna hear it again tonight. And so, um, you know, as Christ followers, one of the things that is essential for us to walk out our purpose and to walking out God's design for our lives is that we do life with people. God's design is that we do not do life alone, but that we're connected in relationships. So just like we heard about in 2020, all of these essential things for us in the body of Christ Relationships are essential, and we can't get away from them, and it's exciting because God has a purpose for our relationships. You know, I recently heard a woman talk about her, her family had gone away, and she said, "When we packed everything, we had gone away to do a 45, 45-mile, 45 I think it was, um, hike with her family over the pandemic, And she said, we packed the things that were essential. And one of the things we need to pack as Christians that are essential is relationships. And so I can't say that enough, but here's the, here's the thing. Though relationships are the heartbeat of God and he wired us for relationship, this is going to be the biggest tension you have. And I think we have a slide for this. The biggest tension you have, we're going to have is this, that our deepest wounds are going to come through relationships, but our deepest healing will also come through relationships. Amen. I love this, Um, there's an author, her name is Jenny Allen, and for eight years, she studied all cultures around the world. She studied cultures in like Africa, all of these nations, and she said when she came back after eight years of studying all different types of cultures, she said this is the, the one takeaway that she came back with. The one takeaway was that people would rather have a tough life in community than an easy life alone. People would rather have a tough life in community than an easy life alone. And that says something, doesn't it? I want to share a scripture. In Ecclesiastes 4.9, it says this. And you can look up at the screen. Two are better than one because they get a good reward for their labor. For if one falls, the other will pick up his companion. Woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. If two lie together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a a threefold court is not easily broken. God is saying there's something that's better about having relationships. And here's why. Having Christ-centered, Christ-centered now, Christ-centered relationships, they're a gift from God. And they're essential because of this because they help us grow further. They help us grow and go further than we would on our own. Amen? They're used. God uses relationship to further the purposes of our lives, but he also uses relationships to, to further his purposes on the earth, to further the kingdom purposes, the heart that God has to see some things done here on earth. He brings relationships together, I'm talking about all different kind of relationships. In the body of Christ, he'll bring friendships together. Your pastor um, is is one of the relationships you have. Your um, co-workers, maybe some of you are married. Whoever it is, God will bring these relationships into our lives because there's something that he can further in our lives, but also for the body of Christ in general, it will not get done without bringing people together. And we see it all through the word of God. We see that he brought Ruth and Naomi together, Joshua and Moses, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Barnabas, all through the word of God, we see relationships. The other thing is, so one was they help us grow and go further than we would on our own. They're used to further the purposes of God also, because our gifts and talents come together, like if you look at the body of Christ, everyone is different. Everyone has a different strength. Everyone has a different gift. And so that allows the body to be built up. It allows the body to grow and the purposes of God to move forward. The other thing, it is helps us stay on the path when we veer off. And I'm gonna share a scripture. I actually have it later in my notes. Jay, can you put the scripture Proverbs 11:14 14 in the Amplified, it's there. Um, it says, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there is victory, help, and safety. So I want to read that again, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship. You know, if anyone's been in recovery, you know many times in recovery, you have a sponsor. You have a community of people around you. Why? Because it's so easy for us to go off. You know, I worked in addiction recovery for a few years. And one of the biggest things that I saw, I worked in a home for women um, over at Keswick. One of the biggest things that I saw is if women did not get out of Keswick and get into a community of godly christ centered relationships, they would go off again because relationships are the biggest things that can really pull us off. If you look through the book of Proverbs, we see over and over and over again that the path God wants us to take many times, if we're around foolish people, they can take us off the path, but wise people help us to stay on the path that God has. I love that scripture. I think it's so powerful. I just want to read that one more time. That one part of that scripture is... um. Where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. That is so powerful. The last thing is relationships are used to be an expression of God's love. And when we, um, I think there's a slide for this one. When we love, listen to this, when we love and are loved through God's people, we experience God. So I want to show you, I want to use an illustration here. Hold on one second. I'm going to go over here for just a minute. God is the source of all love. God is a source of love, right? Because we really do not have the ability to love on our own. It's, it's God's love. And I want you to imagine that this is God. And what God does is he pours out, the Bible says he's poured out the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So he pours into us. And I don't mean to reduce God to a little water pitcher, but um, I did, I want you to see that this is God. God is the source of love and he lives in us. He lives in us. The, the very life and the spirit of God who is love got poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And when that love gets poured into us, and then this is what we do. As we love others, we pour into them. But listen, this is us we contain the love of God in us, the expression of love, the very origination of love, and he pours into us. And then as we love others, as we allow God to pour in us, and as we love others, people experience God. When he pours into us and we pour into them, they experience God because God will love us through people. God will love us through people. And I'm going to, you know, I think this is a great illustration um, of just love. I want to say one other thing first. When I was first met, uh, met my husband, he, I was like just a really bad, hot mess emotionally, like really, really bad. And I remember I used to be like, beg him to just like go find someone while you still have the chance. Like go, go find someone else, you know. But I remember that he really, created such an atmosphere of unconditional love for me. And I remember one time, because I used to struggle really bad um, with just anxiety, stuff like that. And I remember there was a point where I really let my husband down. Pastor would know this story. My husband, and the last thing my husband said to me is, I need you to be by my side. And I looked at him and I said, I can't. And I turned around and I was not there for him. And I remember being crushed. I, I mean, crushed. And I remember getting on the phone with my husband a few hours later and I was like crying and my lip was quivering. And I remember saying to my husband, I am so sorry. And he said, sorry about what? And I'm like, sorry about what? Like what planet are you on? Like, do you not know what just happened over the past few hours? And I remember him saying, and we didn't have children yet at the time. He said, if one of my kids fell down and got hurt, would I kick them or would I say, okay, get back up? And he said, I want you to just get back up. And I remember at that moment, recognizing that if a natural person could love me, this God who loves me is just got to be amazing. And that was a perfect example of God pouring into him and me experiencing God through a natural human. And that's what happens in relationships. I love this illustration. It's of the geese. And I had had a video of it and we were cracking up because I showed them the video this morning in the... Um, in the uh, production and I, it was a really cheesy video. It had this like, really dorky music and it was like really slow and, and um, Chris is like, I know you're not using this video, right? It's, it had like, all the words were misspelled in the video and I'm like, but it's, I know it's really ugly but it really says what I wanted it to say. So we're like, okay, let's just do a slide instead. So that's what we were doing. But I want you to know that the geese, this illustration is so powerful about how we do life together. So the geese, they fly together in this like V. And what happens is if you've ever seen them, they fly and the ones that are in the front go in the back. And they have like an updraft with their um, wings or whatever it is that they, they fly and then they keep going back. And that rotation, first of all, they never get out of that rotation. This is their formation, it's called the geese formation. And flying takes lots of energy, right? Just like walking out our purpose is gonna take lots of energy, it's gonna take perseverance for us, right? Just like those geese, they get in that formation, and this is what happens. As they fly together, it adds 70% greater flying range than if they were to go alone. So if one was to fly alone, they would have 70% less flying range than flying with others. When out of formation, they feel the drag and the resistance of flying alone. So without people in your life, without Christ-like relationships, without having some people in your life, you'll feel the drag of resistance of flying solo on your journey, of taking your journey alone. When one of the geese is tired, listen to what happens, it rotates so that another one can go take the lead. So that lead geese will come in the back so someone else can get up front. The other geese, I love this one, the other geese honk to encourage those up front to keep their speed. So they honk at the other ones to keep going. And that's like to encourage them. When one gets wounded and falls, the other will follow it down to protect it and stay with it until it can get back with the other ones again. And I love this, the flying V is made so that um, the birds can keep visual contact, which keeps them going in the right direction so they don't get lost along the way. Isn't that such a good picture of what we're to be with one another? And so um, I wanna, our formation is this. And when I say our formation is this, is I really feel like there's a great picture of Jesus because Jesus did, Jesus, um, hold on. Let me just put something behind here cuz it's Jesus had the Father in the center of his life, right? And we have we have him in the middle. That is he does not move. Nothing should ever go in that slot, not our spouse, no one, because he's the only one that should be in that place that's closest to our heart, right? And Jesus had the Father, and then what he had um the next ring is he had his closest relationships. He had Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John, yes. And then after that, he had the 12, and then he had the 72, and then like the masses. So with us, we have Jesus in the middle. If you're married, your spouse is next. And this ring, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that ring in just a few minutes. That ring is, is, just, is not reserved for just anyone. Less people... Go oh, in that ring that's close to our heart outside of Jesus, it's more required. We're going to see that it's required more of those people to have access to our heart. Because once people have access to our heart, they have access to our values, our decisions, our time, our energy, and everything really that pertains to our life. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But what I want to do is I want to take a peek as we build this into uh, relationships in the Bible. So I want to talk about the first relationship in the Bible. Um, And this one is, um, these relationships that are gonna talk about, I'm just gonna talk about two of them. These are the relationships that you wanna fight for and you wanna guard. You wanna guard these relationships I'm gonna talk about because the enemy will always try to come for those relationships. So, always be protective and guard those relationships. And I want you to think about, even after tonight, how can you guard those relationships that are in that circle, those like inner circle people that are really close to your heart? So, people help prepare us for our purpose. This is the first one. People help prepare us for our purpose. Don't go to the scripture, I already went to it. Moses, we know, was called by God for a very particular assignment. And God strategically placed different people in his life. But I want to talk about one person in particular. His name is Jethro. And this man was Moses' father in law. And there are going to be people, just like Jethro was to Moses, Jethro was used by God to deposit some things in Moses that helped to prepare him to walk out his assignment. And there's going to be people in your life that are going to be those people. So Moses was called by God for a particular assignment. These relationships, like Jethro, and we're gonna, I'm going to read you the little account here in just a second, have a divine and heavenly agenda. These relationships have the power to really impact our destiny and really greatly advance the kingdom of God in our lives. And in Exodus 18:13, I want to just read this. And so it was on the next day. Now Moses, we know he's judging the people. He's 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 leading the people out of Egypt into the promised land. So he has like 2 million people. Can you imagine leading 2 million people? Oh my gosh, and like some of us get agitated with like three kids that we may have, you know? Like And they imagine 2 million people, oh my goodness. So um, Moses is doing that and he's judging the people. So he's a leader here. And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood before Moses morning and evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw that he did for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing? So Jethro says to him, what are you doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me and inquire of God. When they have difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and another. And I make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. So he was honest with him. He's now here. He he does. And he goes like this. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You're not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice and I will give you counsel and God will be with you. So God has made us deficient by design. Moses was deficient in some areas. So God strategically places a man in his life that deposits something in him to be able to, just like those geese, go the long haul on this assignment that God has put on Moses' life. Jethro knew that the skills Moses was lacking would really hinder the plan of God. So it's really important for us to have these people, and I call them the people who have expertise and experience that's greater than us. So maybe you can learn from them in um, relationships or finances or marriage, whatever it is, these people have something to deposit into your life. And, you know, there's going to be these people that come along. And so it made me think of pastor because pastor has been someone who's deposited. I don't know that I would have ever found or I would have never found really what my heart's passion was if I were not in a church with a pastor who sewed into me and poured into me and helped me find that. And there's um another woman, there was a woman years ago who was in my life and she had walked through things ahead of me, like maybe 15 years ahead of me, and I was behind her in it. And she deposited things in my life. And I remember being on a phone call with her and the Lord showing me when we have these type of people in our lives, this is what happens. They <sighs> I remember him giving me a balloon as an example. And he said, when you have these people in your life, they're gonna breathe the things of God into you and your capacity to love might expand. Your capacity as a leader might expand. Your capacity, like for us, I think of Tuesday mornings, pastor always shares these things that for us helps us to grow and have something deposited in us to learn how to expand for ministry and for the things of God. And it grows something in us. And this is what these types of, re- of relationships do. They're gonna stretch your thinking beyond what you may have done alone. They're gonna give you access to um, maybe some skills or some spiritual things, deposits, that you doing it alone may not have had access to. They're gonna cause your faith to grow because they're going to deposit and impart things into you. They're going to draw out your gifts. This is what these types of relationships do. Amen. 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 And we all really, it's important to have these types of relationships. The second thing, um, and I feel like this is the area that we're going to stick with the rest of the message. This is the area that I feel always most connected to. I just love this one. But relationships provide a safe place for you and your struggles. Now, one of the things I want to say, and we're going to get there. I I did something similar to this teaching. It was like this, but it was more of a workshop. And I remember at the end, a woman was very upset because she said, I don't have any of these relationships. We prayed for her. And I want you to just keep your heart open as I share, because some of you may be sitting here and been like... I'm done with relationships, but I want to just encourage you to keep your heart open as we, as we go through this next piece of the message. So they provide a safe place. In Proverbs 27, 6, it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are lavish and deceitful. Hold on um, these are the people who see you and are concerned about how you're really doing. They're concerned about how you're really walking things out with God. They care about your spiritual well-being. These relationships are the ones that really are going to be in that outside of Jesus. Here are going to be in that place of um, are going to be in that place of closest to our heart. These are the relationships that there's a, an atmosphere of unconditional love, but also truth. They're gonna speak the truth and love to you, but they're also gonna provide an atmosphere with unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, but truth to call you out when, when you're in sin, truth to call you out when you need to be called out. The one that I think of with this is, um, is David and Nathan. Now, Nathan was a prophet in the king's court everyone knows the story. I I don't think I'm going to go into it just for time's sake, but David was the king. We all know King David, right? And there was a season where they were supposed to be out at battle and the King David decided to stay behind, which he shouldn't have been doing. (laughs) And so he stayed behind and he had looked out the window and there's this woman that's bathing and he calls for her and he commits adultery with her and she gets pregnant. Right. It's like a total Netflix type movie. Like, you know, this is like, oh, my gosh, you know. So this is what David uh, does. So she gets pregnant. So David schemes to have her husband um, come back from war and then wants to have her be with her husband. So then he's, you know, then it's like she got pregnant from him. But what happens is this man has such integrity and such honor that he's like, I could not sleep with my wife when all of these other people are out at battle and he won't do it. So what David does is he sends him out to battle and he has him killed basically, which is tragic. So later on, David calls, David ends up Sending for Bathsheba, marries um, Bathsheba, she bore him a son. And later on, 2 Samuel um, 12, we see that Nathan goes to David. And Nathan has so much wisdom, and he tells him a story. And when he tells him a story, uh, we're not going to go there, but if you want to read it, it's 2 Samuel 11, 27, and then through chapter 12. So Nathan has, God gives Nathan such wisdom to speak into the heart of David. And he gives him this story about a poor man and all of these things about a man who went and took someone else's um, cattle or, or lambs. And David, it says, David's anger was greatly aroused against this man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives the man who has done this shall surely die and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb and because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, you are that man. And then David said, I have sinned against the Lord. And then David goes before the Lord, he repents. And it's a beautiful picture of how someone speaking truth, someone speaking truth and calling you out, but also creating an atmosphere of unconditional love and vulnerability, authenticity, which, which we wanna be able to do for people, and I'll explain that. It's a beautiful picture of that with Nathan and David and how we are to have these people in our lives. We need people that we can be vulnerable with and trust our hearts to. Because of this, these spaces allow for healing. I want to read James five sixteen. It says, "Confess your sins, one, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed." So confess your sin. This is an atmosphere that you can bring your sin. Confess it, so you're bringing it out into the open, and somehow because of that, healing takes place because it's an atmosphere that you are now bringing it out into a place where you know you're not going to be judged but people are going to speak the truth with unconditional love to you. Healing takes place in those atmospheres. I remember Pastor Beth years ago and I don't even know if she remember this. There was a situation that took place and I was like really upset over it and I remember saying the Lord told me to call you. I don't know why but he gave me this scripture and I said the Lord said to call you when I brought out and confessed to her, immediately, I remember it was like the Holy Spirit was hovering over it, moved, and healing took place in my heart, because I said, there's a woman in my life that I can bring, and she's not going to judge me, but she's going to go with me on behalf of the throne of God, and the Holy Spirit moved in the middle of that, and it was the first time I actually saw the power of this scripture come to life in my own life, and I want to say this, Creating, this is really my heart. Now, a lot of times when I teach, sometimes people will say to me this one thing. I get, the most I get out of when you share is you share personal stories. The reason I never understood this until I had a woman in my life and I said to her, I have this core value for vulnerability and authenticity. I don't know, I can never get away from it. And so when I get up to share, sometimes I share those things. And she said to me, Pam, that's a gift from God in your life because of this. You have a heart to see people emotionally healed. See, one of my things that I just have a heart for, I always had a heart for, it's kind of like if you were to say, this is my mission, this is my thing, that, the thing that my heart burns for is to see the brokenhearted, those that are crushed down by calamity, brokenhearted, healed. That was part of Jesus's mission. For me, it's like something that causes me, whenever pastor has an altar call for healing the brokenhearted, it's like I can feel that just that brokenheartedness, and I just want to see people healed in, in in their brokenheartedness. But that that space gets created with vulnerability and authenticity because you allow someone to come into that space and it gets modeled. And this is why, and this is what this woman said to me. And I never, I was like, Oh my gosh. She said, this is why it's so powerful because God creates an authentic and vulnerable space for us to go to him. And he's the ultimate healer. And so we want to create that for others. And we want to have people that create that for us in our lives. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go back to this for just a minute. It's not just about having people in these spots in our lives. You hear me? It's not just about having people. It's about like that scripture in Proverbs 11, wise people. Nathan type people, Jethro type people in that spot in our lives. People who step into that spot outside of Jesus. Let me say this. People who step into that place of influence in your life can greatly impact your life and your purpose, both for the good and both for the bad. Think about Eve. Eve let the enemy in and she had a conversation and let the enemy into her life and it took her down a path that she didn't wanna go. So when you let someone into that core, into that space there, those individuals should not be just anyone. Dr. Stephanie Tucker says this is so good. We have an inner court space for more intimate and close relationships And not every relationship should be given access to the sacred things in our lives. Um, Wait, I just want to grab something um, for a visual thing real fast. We're going to be closing up in just a minute. This is my wallet, right? If I were to go in the mall and I threw my wallet out and walked away from it, and I just left it in the middle of the mall, it would say that there's nothing valuable in that wallet. Why? Because everyone has access to that wallet. When you have something valuable, your heart is valuable. Not everyone needs to hold that space to be close to your heart because it's valuable. And you don't, if I were to just throw it, and this is what, I love this. Danny Silk says this. He teaches a lot on relationships. When we bring people close, we're saying to them, I'm trusting you with me. I'm trusting you with me. And when we bring people close, we are opening up our hearts to potential wounding betrayal and the risk of being rejected. And so not everyone belongs in in that place. Your relationships, some of the things to think about as we start to close this up in just a minute is the people that are in that space you want to look, is there too much emotional attachment to them? Like, are, are they manipulating you? Or, you, you know, you don't want there to be manipulation. Um, you don't want, if you find that you're more dependent on them than you are on God, he holds that middle space. They should, it's, don't put them as an idol in God's place in your life. Because it's, that's ultimate codependency when we're depending on outside things instead of depending on God this is so good. When you put those people in that space, are they allowing two people to show up in the relationship? And when I say that, I mean, are you able to show up in who God created you to be? Is there reciprocation in that relationship? Or is it that just them are showing up or just you are showing up? So the people in that ring, you want to be people that are allowing you to show up and allowing you to go to God. And they should be just like Nathan. Nathan, moved God, moved David towards, towards God. Um, are they allowing you to redefine and grow even if they can't grow with you? Even if they can't go with you, they want you to grow. Those are the types of people. At no point should you ever be hearing from them instead of God. And do these people honor your boundaries? So tonight, um, before we um, close, I want to just talk about fortifying our hearts for just a minute because of this. Um, when we've been wounded, we build up walls of protection. And here's the thing. When we build up walls of protection, many times we let God out. We, we keep God out. When we build up walls, we keep the pain out, but we also keep the love of God out and the good that wants to God wants to do. We keep that out also. And so tonight I want us to just open up our hearts. I want to share um, two quick stories. But I want to ask you where you think you have built up walls. Right now you may be sitting here and realize I've built up walls to keep the pain out, but I've also kept God out. And I haven't slowly allowed people to, to build trust again with God or with people. So when I worked, let me share the story. There's a guy who, um, many of you know, America's Keswick, I just talked about it. I learned so much walking, in, working in addiction recovery, just sitting with people, sitting with the women, and walking with them through their pain. And there was a gentleman who graduated from the men's colony over at America's Keswick, their addiction recovery, and I saw something he posted on Facebook this week. This man had been in the Catholic church. I'm not bashing the Catholic church. I'm just sharing part of his story. And when he was in the Catholic church, he was molested by, for years, and he has shared his testimony publicly by priests for several years. And he was like in addiction. Like he tried to commit suicide, everything. And this man, I've watched his life and watched his healing And the other day he posted this on Facebook, and for someone, and I want you to listen to this, for someone who was mishandled by people, this is what this man said, the more I heal, the more I am convinced that the greatest tool to heal is people. People who sit with us in our darkest hours, people who hear us when we cry for help, people who hold space to remind us that we're not alone, This is the ultimate bomb to the open wounds of trauma. And it made me think about the women that I sat across from at Keswick. When they would come in, they had been so mishandled by people. And when they came in, they didn't trust any of us that were staffed there. They didn't trust any of us because they had been so wounded. And so they were just waiting for someone to hurt them again. And it took months before these women really began to open up their hearts to to us. And I remember just, it was such a beautiful picture for me. God, it was like, I would say, I would cry the first like few months I worked there because I'm like, I cannot believe that these women have had their hearts stomped on, been mishandled and crushed, and that you would allow me to sit with them and be a, a vehicle of the love of God to these people, to these person people who have been so wounded. And it's the most beautiful thing when we have those people in our lives and we when we can be those people in our lives. And so tonight, you may be like some of those women. You may be like this guy, Jason, that you have been mishandled and wounded. And so I'm going to ask you to stand because I'd like to pray a prayer as we... Uh, if you could just stand up right now, because I would like to pray a prayer um, w- for us as we. What I want you to do is just, as I pray, is to really just invite the Holy Spirit in. That's all I want you to do, and invite the Holy Spirit to come in and to just really allow Him to start tearing down those walls. It may be a slow process, like those women where you don't just let anyone in to that space, but little by little, as people are trustworthy, first of all, you may have walls with God because you've been wounded. I'm going to ask you to just not move around, if you could. Um, Just close your eyes and put up your hands. But I want you to just think about, Lord, what is a step that just, I just want to take one step tonight, Lord, because I have been wounded and I have loved and now I have pain. And I want to open my heart for you to start doing a work of healing in me, just like this guy Jason did, and allow the healing um, of the Spirit of God to come and move in my heart. And so Psalm 16.1 says, keep me safe, my God, for you in you I take refuge. So Father, I, we bring our hearts to you, first of all. And Lord, I thank you that first of all, those that are wounded and have maybe a marred image of you, Father, that you would begin to, to reveal who you are, a loving Father. And Father, as, as you create that beautiful place of vulnerability and authenticity in their lives, Father God, that they would begin to open their hearts and recognize they're safe with you, Lord. And so, Lord, minister to their hearts tonight. And so... Father, I thank you that as they bring their hearts to you, they would be open to the work that you want to do. We look to you, Lord, to meet this deepest needs. Father, we don't look to people to meet the deepest needs, but Father, thank you that you meet the deepest needs. You know the needs of each person here. You know the pain and the wounding that each person may have, that you meet them where they're at. Father, thank you for revealing every hindrance, Father, in their hearts and empowering them to overcome every hindrance to walking in the high calling to love and be loved both by you and those you have brought into their lives. Father, thank you for taking them from self-protection to having their protection of their heart just enveloped and encased by you. Father, as a gatekeeper of our hearts, we thank you and we thank the Holy Spirit for guiding us and giving us discernment on who is to have access to the inner courts of our hearts. Thank you for bringing healthy and godly people into each of the lives here. Father, as a balm, like like Jason said, as a balm of healing and a vehicle of the love of God to pour through you, Lord, because you are the ultimate um, you're just the ultimate you are love to pour into the hearts through hearts into their hearts. and Father, thank you for leading and guiding us. Thank you Father for the beautiful gift of relationships that though we've been wounded, Lord, your our hearts are being opened to receive this beautiful gift so that we, are not shortchanged of walking in the most beautiful, high calling to love and be loved, to, to prepare each other for what you have, to undergird one another, Lord. Father, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please don't go anywhere yet. Just keep your hands up. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're ministering to hearts even right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. And Father, We don't do it on our own strength. I'm going to read something as you're standing there. Um, And I want you to just stay in a heart attitude of just allowing God to minister to your heart. I'm going to read something in just a minute, but Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you for the love, the perfect, beautiful, perfect, beautiful love that you have for us. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for those that have been mishandled by people. Father, for you to just begin to do that work and then change, Father God, those things, Father God, that that they've experienced and that they would experience the love of God. I want to just share something. If you can just stay standing for a minute with your hands up and your eyes closed, just listen to this. I want to encourage you that you cannot do this alone. You do it with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But Corrie Ten Boone, many of you know her. She was, her family was killed. Some of them were killed, I believe, in the concentration camps in Germany. It was at a church service in Munich that she saw him, a former SS man who had stood guard at the shower room door in the processing center at Ravensbrück. He was the first of our actual jailers that I had seen since that time. And suddenly it was all there, the room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, Betsy's pain-blanched face. He came up to me as the church was emptying, beaming and bowing. How grateful I am for your message, he said, to think that as you say, he has washed my sins away. His hand was thrust out to shake mine, and I, who had preached so often, this is her talking, to the people on the need to forgive, kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I prayed. I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. And this is not just forgiveness, but with anything. Uh, The point I'm going to share with this, I'm going to finish it in a minute, is that whatever it is, wherever you are right now, to continue to invite the Holy Spirit in, because nothing we do can be done in our own strength. or or he is the ultimate healer. She said, I took this man's hand, the most incredible thing happened, from my shoulder along my arm and through my hand a current seemed to pass from me to him, while into my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. And so I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness anymore, on our goodness, that the world's healing hinges, but on his. When he tells us to love, he gives us along with the commandment, the love itself. And so if there's areas, Father, that we need to forgive, Father God, that's a huge step in the healing process. I thank you, Lord, that you, you said, he who began a good work and you will complete it until the day of Christ. So Father, thank you for continuing to complete the work that you started in the hearts of these men and women. In Jesus' name. If any of you need prayer, you want to see a prayer worker, please come up. If there's something you want to um, pray out or maybe something minister to you about what was shared tonight, see one of our prayer workers. They would love to just be able to pray one-on-one with you. Thank you so much for being here and have a blessed night.